0: Hey, it's Walter from Stabbing Westward, and you're listening to Brando Appetite for Distortion. No, I'm
1: this is Appetite for Distortion. Welcome to the podcast, Appetite for Distortion, episode number 331. My name is Brando. Welcome, Mr. Walter Flakis. How are you, sir?
0: Nice to see I'm good, man. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing well. I knew you were in Chicago, so I wore my Chicago Blackhawks shirt. I see that. That I got in the <laughs> Chicago airport.
0: <laughs> well, well, you know what? Uh, you Get it where you can. But, uh, you know, Blackhawks having a tough season this year, but... Uh, was here through the dynasty in the two thousands. So a uh, long time Blackhawks fan. So
1: I mean I'm an Islanders fan. The last time they won, I was well, literally born. So
0: Yeah, but last year was really exciting.
1: It was and they remembered that they're the Islanders <laughs> this year and have just been horrendous. So it's um Yeah. It is what it is. But I love it. I love the fact that we can just start off talking hockey, but what I because I was obviously excited, as we all are, about New Stabbing Westward. But I got even more excited when I found out I was going to be speaking with you, that you're a radio guy. Obviously, yeah. I am as well. So that's why I'm just... And now you're a hockey guy. So we're, we're, we're hitting on all cylinders Run. right away.
0: All right. How about that, right?
1: So are you... In your you're in your home studio. So if you're watching on our YouTube channel uh, right now, you're you have a studio a studio set up. But that's not, is that in Chicago or where are you right now?
0: It is in Chicago. Um, I'm in the Hancock, which is uh, one of the, one of the big giant buildings along the uh, skyline there. Uh, and this is where I do everything. I do music. I do the radio show from here most of the time, and it's home base. Spend you know countless hours every day in this room and uh, make the magic happen. I guess.
1: I I hear you. I had to convert. I mean, my my listeners have heard the story a million times, but I've been feel, feel, feeling my quarantine, you know, here in my studio, my apartment in Queens, you know, cats running around, but I I like it. It, It's cool that you can, I don't know, prior to the pandemic, I might've just been, been speaking to you over the phone, but I think like, you know, it's it's a different world, and it's
0: so weird because it's like, and I knew it as soon as we we everything shut down and everybody spread to their houses to figure out how to broadcast from you know remote locations. You just could feel that it was not going to ever be the same again. Things were going to change, and lo and behold, within months, people figured it out, and now. It doesn't really matter where you are, where you're broadcasting from. You can still make that connection. And I, it almost humanizes things because you're in your your own environment with your cats and all of that <laughs> stuff. And I can run to my kitchen. And I mean, it, it, I, it, there's a level of comfort. There's yeah. a level of humanity to it. I think it's actually a, a good thing.
1: Yeah, comfort is the right word, I think. Everyone, you're, yeah. you're comfortable where you are, you know, especially in your home base. But yeah. I but, hope so. Interesting. Yeah, it should be. So how is your, I guess, live changed within the you know these past uh year and a half, two years and with, with regards to in regards to stepping westward and, and the new album, the yeah. first one in twenty one years. And 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 I guess well, yeah, first start there, because I guess we know how radio has changed. So how is it? Yeah, well is it
0: yeah, with the band, I mean it's like we had shows planned. Um to be completely honest, we were planning to put this record out almost exactly a year ago that what it's actually coming out. Right. Um uh, we've been working on this since we kind of got back together, Christopher and I uh, in, I guess, Stabbing officially got back together in 2016. So these are songs that we've been working on bits and pieces for the past five years, and originally it was going to come out last year, but the pandemic happened, and then there was suddenly no hurry to get out. You can't promote, as a lot of bands figured out, well, we can't promote the new record, so we might as well um, do other things. And so we we just kind of fine-tuned the record maybe a little bit more we uh, dialed in with with the team getting the team together we have john fryer who uh produced and mixed on the first two records he's back to help us with this one um we have the same guy that mastered darkest days with a blister burn appeal tom baker mastering this record so we kind of put the old team back together and i think the extra time during the pandemic allowed us to be able to do that um, and not have to worry about all of the live shows and whatnot. I mean, we're itching to get back and play. Uh, we've done, we did one here in Chicago for Cold Waves, uh, an industrial festival last September. But really, that's the only time we've gotten a show in in the past two years. So we played uh, opening for Bush um, the end of February 2020. And then, and then of course, everything shut down after that. So oh, um, it's been crazy. So we're looking to, to get back at it. Um, record comes out on march 18th and we're excited about that the the response has been fantastic Um, but it the break has allowed us to kind of focus on that and kind of uh fine-tune some things i got bounced from a radio job i was in seattle lost that brought me back here to chicago though which has always been home base and um you know life rolls on
1: I know uh, a friend, perhaps you know her, uh, Alyssa, who worked on The End, right? Yes. Seattle?
0: Yes, right. Yeah. She's my counterpart,
1: yeah. Uh, radio, one of those, I never met her in person, but just one of those people you meet in radio, online. Amazing,
0: amazing person, super talented, and we, we both got let go on the same day. And yeah. it was part of the the whole group of radio stations kind of you know consolidating, where we're going to do everything from New York and L.A., and everybody else can... Pff, I know. Go find something else to do, and, and it it it's a drag. But luckily, um, I I didn't have to stay on the beach too long, and I actually got a call the same day. How about coming to Chicago to do rock as opposed to alternative? Which, I mean, they're all terms these days, and right. I, this is the world I grew up in. So I, I I'm super happy, and I'm loving life right now.
1: I love that, and again, the, the radio tie. And I apologize to everybody, if you know, except for you, if I geek out about the radio stuff from time <laughs> to time, because you go back just like I do to college radio, and yeah, one hundred percent. I just, I love that, and I mean, yeah, for so you to be on the beach, as we say, unfortunately in the industry, it's like, how do you get rid of Walter? You know, and or yeah. just the station. But I'm glad to see that you're you're out and about and I didn't know. So I've only been to Chicago, you know, uh twice, maybe three, three times. And I listened I listen. I don't think I ever put two and two together. Like, I'm listening to the guy from Stepping Westward doing these breaks. I liked your voice. Yeah, you I know, remember commenting that.
0: Hey, well, that's cool. Um, I don't I don't wear it as like, Hey, this is you you gotta like me and listen to me because I'm in stepping that's something I did. Actually I did radio before the band took off. Right. And then um, I, there was a point when I had to make the decision, do I continue with my radio career? I was doing nights on a top 40 station and had, I had benefits. I had, you know, all of the good stuff, but then I didn't want to live the rest of my life going like, man, I should have, or what if I had, I'm like, I can get back into radio. I'm going to take a a shot with the band that Christopher and I have been working on for five years and see what happens. And, it paid off, but um, you know, it's like so. I did radio first. Band thing was great. Did that, but then when the band thing was like, all right, writing's on the wall. Let's kind of call it a quits, be Call it quits before it goes too far south and downhill. Uh, I went back into radio and yeah. have been, you know, super lucky. I've had a, a great career. I was able to get back. On the East Coast, I was in Albany for a while. Moved from Albany to Sirius XM, or I guess it wasn't Sirius; it was just XM at the time. Oh. Uh, then I bounced to Q Prime Management. Worked with uh, them for five years out in New York, and I mean, managed Metallica, Chili Peppers, yeah. Muse, the big ones. Um, and then uh, then came to Chicago, and kind of worked in alternative radio here, kind of rebuilt alternative after Q one oh one went away, which was the heritage alternative right. station here. Mm-hmm. And then um and then found the love of my life in Seattle. So I moved to Seattle and um and now we are both living here and um life rolls on.
1: Love it. Yeah rock ninety five five that's where I that's what I would listen to when I go to Chicago. Yeah I, I was listening I don't know have you visited uh Jersey Jack Pinball there, it's in Elk Grove, I believe.
0: No, okay. what? I, I, it sounds amazing, though.
1: You have to go there. They have the Guns N' Roses pinball in, in the lobby.
0: Oh well, I have to go. Then. Absolutely, I love pinball.
1: Okay, because I, I always make sure to do the wherever I travel to do the uh, the GNR detours the the scene. So, um,
0: well, I, okay. well, check this out. So, like, I know that we have the the GNR focus on the, the podcast here. Um, I had a brush with GNR before the band took off i was living in rockford working in radio which is like about 90 miles outside of chicago but uh, me and my buddy we came into the city and we were hanging at uh, one of the big clubs here is called metro and below it is smart bar and this was probably 1990 89 90 and the word had hit the street that the guys at Guns N' Roses were working on the follow-up to Appetite at Metro. Right. Because upstairs above the club, they have what's called the top note theater. And they would go in there and they would work on this record, you know, working on these tunes, you know, starting at like one AM, two A.M. and they just roll until, you know, nine in the morning or something. So they worked through the, you know, like the overnight hours. But we were we just rolled into Smart bar, the, the the dingy bar on the bottom. Like around midnight, one o'clock on a weeknight once, and there at the bar hanging out is uh, slash and uh, just drinking and having a good time with the people. They were getting a cardboard box filled with beverages to take upstairs as they worked on the record. Duff walks in, uh, and the buddy I'm with, his name was Ed. He uh, he was just like Duff high five and they like and it was like we were all long lost friends i mean they couldn't have been nicer more down to earth they just loved to be part of the people part of the scene and it was just like that was so cool because the appetite was already huge they could have been just you know like i don't want to deal with any of these people but they sure. were part of the scene and fantastic i love that and that that stuck with me ever since and then when you heard use your illusion and some of the industrial influences that you could hear that Axel brought into the the mix, it was just like I, I actually felt more kinship with that band than I ever had prior to that. So pretty cool.
1: That is but they cool. have
0: that that, that that Chicago connection with, you know, use your illusion and all of that.
1: When I said I was going to my, you know, my smaller listener based in Stabbing Westward, of course, but that I was going to Chicago, people were like, Oh, take pictures by the Metro. And unfortunately now with COVID, it's hard to really visit these places other than just driving right. by, you know, kind of thing. But yeah, just to find out that there was a special connection to Chicago, and I—I um, I don't even think I mentioned to you the reason why I, I've started going is because my fiance is from Chicago. Other than that, like, oh nice. So I, I had prior to <laughs> I think last year, I had never been. I always wanted to because it's yeah. you know it's Chicago. I can't hold my. Yeah my Nick's bull's grudge for the rest of my life. You know, that's how it,
0: no, you shouldn't, you shouldn't. Um, but it, it, I mean, I love this city. I mean, I love it. Look, I lived in New York. I lived in LA. I so saw, I've kind of done the trifecta here in the States. Um, there, every city's got its pluses and minuses, but I really do love uh, Chicago. Great food here too. You need to come and eat some food.
1: Yeah, That is true. Although, I mean, I still prefer New York pizza, the Chicago pizza. That's Hey, what, is what I it do is. too.
0: I, like, I don't prefer one or the other. And in, in Chicago, it's funny because, you know, like, my fiance moves here and we have to do the deep dish and love that. But a lot of people here in Chicago eat what they call tavern style, which is thin, cut in squares. And, and that's really what people in Chicago eat as opposed to they don't eat the, the mounds of okay. stuff. Pizza all the time, and, just, and when I'm in Chicago, and New York, yeah, you you know you're doing the big slice and you're folding it
1: <laughs> exactly. Because otherwise, I would want just lasagna if it's just like those deep right. dishes. You yeah. know what I mean? But I, I hear it really it. is. Oh, that's 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 brilliant. And you you said the word um, G and focus. I like to say it's a, a theme, you know, because everybody in okay. their mother has a podcast. So what's my theme? Who really gives a shit who Brando is? That's how I look at it. <laughs> You know, I could have whatever my love is. I could have done a Simpsons or you know, um, a horror pot. Well, I guess whatever I can do a lot of different. But this is what defines me, and I This is I navigate through themes. You know, whether it's mental health or you know, whatever six degrees of GNR bacon is. That's one of the stupid phrases I've come up with.
0: (laughs) Well, I love that.
1: Thank you. So prior to actually knowing your connection uh, with the Metro, which just sounds weird uh, in that sentence. But when I initially requested, um, like, "Hey, can I speak to Walter from Stepping Westward?" and the, you know the person, she's she knew that I, I had GNR theme podcast and what I'm about. She's like, "I don't know a connection if they have any, but I can ask." I said, "Well, at the very least, I would want to get their opinion on the industrial, you know, aspects of Guns N' Roses." So you just brought it up organically, you know. So you almost yeah. you answered you're answering my question before I even got to it because especially while they started you know, in, in, in user illusion, I don't know if my world specifically, that's the one that sticks out to me. Uh, but a lot of people, it is the one. Okay. Cause I look at it as a precursor. I mean, yeah, it's easy to make fun of. I actually made a stupid meme. Um, you ever see, I'm sure you've seen Terminator two, right? Yeah. This is how my brain works. So (laughs) (laughs) remember when John Connor and, uh, I I really am Chris Farley. The Chris Farley Show. Remember when this happened? <laughs> so uh, when uh, when they when they called home, you know, to his foster parents, and and Schwarzenegger took the phone and he changed his voice to John Connor's voice to pretend. And he's, oh right. And you yeah, he yeah. heard the dog barking, and he purposely used a wrong name. And he's like, as soon as the parents responded positively, knowing that you know, it, it's if it was the right parents, if it was really his parents, they would have said, "Oh, Wolfie's fine." You know what I'm talking about, uh, and right. at the end of it, it's like your foster parents are dead. So I I did like a meme like that saying, "Oh, do your foster parents like Guns N' Roses?" "Oh yeah," you know. "What's your favorite Guns N' Roses song?" "My World." "Your foster parents are dead." <laughs>
0: <Sorry>. <laughs> <laughs> that, <that's, laughs> yeah, you know what? Because it's not it's not a typical it's not a typical uh, Guns N' Roses song, is it? It's right. it's definitely out there. But but the the fact that Axel could ex- explore that, that they could bring that in and go like, you know what, I'm enjoying some new sounds. I mean, we kind of grew up, we you know, we did the, the thing on the Sunset Strip, kind of did the Hollywood, the L.A. thing in the 80s, but there's this other world of music that's going on right now, and you know, there's nothing wrong with bringing that in, and especially when you're doing a double album, you've got some room to stretch your legs a little bit, and it, it struck me, because, I mean, that's the world where I come from, you know, I grew up You know, I was listening to ministry, you know, in 84, actually, you know, with sympathy. But then when they did like the harder stuff, Land of Rape and Honey and all of that stuff. And then this fits right in there with people who are jumping, you know, not jumping on the bandwagon, but jumping on that wave of music that was coming out at the time. I thought it was awesome. I mean, I I didn't look at it as a a negative, not, not the typical GNR sound. And it's not something that, you know, you'd ever hear on the radio Usually, but um, man, what a great, but what what the fact that it exists, the fact that, that 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 was something that was speaking to Axel was amazing.
1: I love it. I, I mean, this might be the first time there's been real. My world love, like is shown and I, <laughs> I, I it makes me love it. He my hand.
0: That's me. Oh, okay. oh yeah.
1: so then what did you think of? Of Chinese democracy, did you listen to it? Because that really, or did you do you recall the song "End of Days"? Uh, oh my God, on the "End of Days" soundtrack, rather when that was really really uh, industrial. Do you, I don't
0: I, you I, know what I like? I, by that time, I like, I, I unfortunately because of the nine years it took to create the record, it was like it it almost had you could almost pass judgment on it before you even listen to it, which is completely wrong. Right. I, and I totally ad- admit that that is a messed up way to uh, approach any piece of music should give everything. A, I'm sure I listened to it at some point, but I didn't give it a wholehearted, like true open ears. we you know, do I accept this or not? I, and my bad for, for not giving it that love. That's fine. <laughs> so I don't know. So I, so, so I, I, I can't speak to, um, I know that like, you know, Tommy Stinson and, and like what I, and we had some great players playing with them, especially coming out of, uh, you know, that world that, um, it, it definitely had some, you know, nine inch nails crossovers to what was going on with, with uh, Chinese democracy. But like, it, it never struck me as legitimate. I don't know. I'm sorry. You don't have, <laughs> to, have to be. I apologize to <laughs> no, I, I apologize to Guns N' Roses fans who might actually like that, or I I just feel like I should be bigger. Except, uh, no, that's a fair as, opinion. As legit, but
1: that's a fair opinion, and I'm not one of those people. Like, oh, you have to. Like, I'm not a GNR sycophant. Like, there's room for you know thought process and understanding, and yeah, that's a whole conversation we've done it you know to, to death about is it really Guns N' Roses? Was it really Guns N' Roses? But you mentioned with just the right. the Nine influence. Uh, Robin Fink, who to some people, yeah. shout out to our buddy Russ, who listens from uh, formerly of my GNR forum. Robin Fink, he's like, I'll, I'll, I will be on that box of, he is my favorite Guns N' Roses guitarist of all time. Okay.
0: Yeah. That's fine.
1: I accept that. So yeah, to, I, yeah. that,
0: that would totally add to that level of Josh Fries playing drums. Yeah. Like you've yes, got, yes. You've got you know, some some battery, some core of, G, of Nine Inch Nails in there. Playing on this stuff, so I mean, it's hard to not make that comparison. But um, uh, but but I think it goes back to that that whole you know the big question is it really can you really without slash can you really count it as GNR?
1: Right, but it, it's still interesting to, to, to hear what it you said It would have been about, so yeah. much
0: better. It would have been so much better if it had been like a different band, you know, like like mm. Audio Slave or you know like 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 Axel's a new vehicle or something just try not to hold on to what what i can't because i think that that's one of the things i mean like like look like in stabbing westward right we have stabbing westward and then when we broke up christopher formed the dreaming which was based on everything stabbing westward was but it had a different collection of musicians that kind of gave it its own element but he didn't call it stabbing westward this was something new this was this collection of music and then when i came back in the fold because christopher and i patched up whatever we had whatever falling out we had and then we did a record a dreaming record it ended up sounding a lot more like stabbing westward and then these things kind of came our way where like we could do a stabbing westward it's like all right so let's see if we can't put that stabbing westward thing back together since he and i started the band in the 80s we you know we pretty much were that band not uh And then, of course, we became with everybody was in the band in the 90s or yeah, in the 90s when we had Jim on bass and Andy on drums and and Mark on guitar. Everybody contributed to create the sound that was stabbing westward. But it all was the genesis from Christopher and I back in the 80s. And so when we put that back together, it's like, all right, now this is stabbing westward. And so when we do like the new record Chasing Ghosts, it's it's who he and I are, which goes back throughout the entire thread. Of stabbing westward but the dreaming was a different project i think it would have been it would have been easier to accept had axel have done this is my dreaming my you know my other project
1: a lot of people agree with you and i'm not gonna say i i don't i just know i loved buckethead I, that's how i look at it <laughs> i love slash i love buckethead it's all great to me but you Again, maybe it's your your radio it's our radio mind working together. You answered my question before I can even get to it about the you know lineup changes and wondering because it is you you and Chris started this band you know in college, yeah. and it's it's different. obviously it's not an apples to apples comparison. Uh, so let me switch it back to stepping westward now that you guys are back together and uh you can listen to the the song ghost right now. And Chasing Ghosts is what comes out in March. And I had the privilege of listening to the whole record beforehand. And uh, it is heavy. It is good. And if you go to, if you check it out on on YouTube, I mean, like you said at the beginning, the the reception has been, like, overwhelming. You know, how you guys haven't lost a step. So how did the decision come after all this time to be, like, you can rest on your, your laurels. You can just be a radio guy. What made it right? to do new stabbing westward
0: well i mean like i think as a musician you know you 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 always want to be creative you want to be creating you want to be have that forward momentum and you know christopher has always had that with the dreaming now i kind of stopped because of the the radio the the management stuff that i was doing and i mean i guess i still had my creative outlets and I would do things. But um, when I had, a, a, when I was back in the band, back in the dreaming and uh, Chris was like, Hey, you want to do music again? It's like, yeah, I got some ideas. And then it was funny because we have a song on the last dreaming record um, where uh, I re- sent him some music. He put some lyrics that, that pretty much. And I wrote that music like shortly after the band had broken up mm-hmm. in the early two thousands. He put some lyrics that he wrote around the same time to that music and they fit like a glove. And it was like, holy crap, this is a song that he and I wrote together without even realizing it. And we put the pieces together and that song is called Alone off uh, the last streaming record. And, you know, it's like, that was where it was like, okay, this is right for us to create these songs that we just naturally do and we've got more in the tank. And so, and. There's a song on the new record that that had been kicking around for a while before we broke up originally. It was originally written for the self-titled record, but it never made the cut. But Christopher and I always loved it, and that's called The End, which is the last song of the record. Um, and it just was a great opportunity to, to showcase that. But everything else on this record is just stuff that we wrote in the past five four years and i mean it's just for us to be able to sit there and and also we were able to get rid of all of the label politics and all of the other band members and so we could kind of focus on who who the 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 sound that christopher and i started when we started the band way back when and what are the things that that we liked about stabbing westward and we were able to do that and then pull in other influences from people like carlton and bobby who are in the band now and create what we have on chasing ghosts which it's amazing the best compliment we can get is when people say you haven't missed a beat you haven't missed a step it sounds like like you just picked up where you left off i mean that is the ultimate compliment i mean it it, because it kind of is i think we lost our way a little bit on the self-titled record. A um, little different sounding than we were heading with Wither, blister, burn and peel, and darkest days. And I think we 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 built a fan base. We kind of lost it a little bit um, for whatever reason. But this kind of picks it takes it back to on track where we would have kept going. Should we where we if we had it kept going in the direction of darkest days, this would be it with the technology we have here in 2022. So it's like, it's it's a natural progression of who Christopher and I are. And it's awesome to be able to still make these, make new music and have people appreciate it. We love playing the old stuff. We've been doing it for the past five years. It'll, it's going to be really amazing to play some new stuff and, and have people know it and be able to really uh, enjoy it live as well.
1: I mean it, it just sounds like when you play this new stuff live, it's like you're not gonna get a chance to to breathe like right away with the, the, the title track on not the the first track I am nothing and but i I thought the whole album was gonna be uh hard, but then you save the end for the end, of course so yeah. is there what I was think, the direction with that I guess uh to make it a heavy record uh, or, or am I well, interpreting it, just... it right? am I interpreting it right that it's a heavy record?
0: I it's I think a natural stabbing westward record has highs and lows, and I think um, there are there's songs like "Crawl" on this record, which kind of brings it down in the middle, and I think it's kind of the natural progression of a stabbing westward record where it, it might start heavy. I mean, "Darkest Days" are. Um, uh, Producer Dave Jordan said, all right, you've got these songs, now turn it into a story. Well, we didn't write a concept record, but we went back and we looked at all of these songs, and sure enough, we were able to draw a line. This was the stage of, uh, you know, losing someone and going through the end of a relationship. You know, you start off, everything I break, I touch. That's really bad, da 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 and then you get into the third act of darkest days and it's really somber, desperate now, goodbye. And then you pick yourself back up and you're like, screw it. I'm going to overcome. And then it's just like, um, I won't become the thing that I hate. Uh, I'll see you on your way down where you're very, you know, picking yourself back up. But then at the end with waking up beside you, it's kind of like, I still met, you know, I, I I've come through the, the phases, but I still have that little bit of longingness for what we had. So, we were able to draw that story together. And I think every good stabbing Westward record has that ebb and flow where it might start on a level and then it has to have that low. So you can bring it back up in on a high note, but on this one, the end definitely is uh, ending on a a bit of a somber note. So uh, it's, it's a ride. And I I think that that's fun. You should have an emotional journey when you listen to a full record.
1: Totally. And that's why you mentioned use your illusion before we're talking about that. I like the journey, I will. I will say it now. I'm with you. I'm like the journey that ends with my world. I do. Yeah. Especially you know knowing what's to come after. But anyway, that's a, a whole other episode of the podcast. Um, <laughs> I would be remiss as you're wearing a, a Nine Inch Nails uh, t-shirt to ask because they were inducted into the Hall of Fame. You know, recently, 2020 was that. Sure. Um, was that I don't know? I want to say surprising because I'm sure very well deserving, but just with the Rock Hall and the, how they look at certain bands and who the, and they yeah, inducted no. that kind of I don't know. like How do you feel about that?
0: I mean, look, for, I'm am in a band that will never ever see that. I'll, it'll never be a part of my world. I feel like I feel like it's a click. Look, like I I feel they like they deserve it but there are lots of bands that deserve it. Craftwork deserves to be in because of the influence that they had to everybody who came before or right. who comes after them, like Nine Inch Nails that gets the Nine Inch Nails. Uh, Judas Priest, Iron Maiden, they all deserve to be in there um, because of all the bands that they've influenced along the way. Uh, you know, and then you toss in some of the like Dionne Warwick is nominated for this year. All right. She's a great artist, but what is rock and roll? And, I'm, yes, Nine Inch Nails belongs, Foo Fighters belong. All of these are great bands and they've accomplished so much and they bring so, uh, so many people along for the ride with them and they've influenced so many other people that will undoubtedly be making music in the future. So I'm not going to say no, but I do feel like it's a bit of a click as to who gets in and who doesn't because you still have, you know, like, why isn't Iron Maiden in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Right, it just doesn't make any sense for one of the the grandfathers of the genre, yeah, or, or, you know. Uh, I just saw you know something.
1: I do. I just saw something that said, uh, "Of course, it, despite being nominated, Judas Priest is uh, almost last in the fan poll, and Eminem is just like the top. Like he's
0: so far. I mean, right. it's just really it, beca- I, it becomes a popularity con- that's what it uh, contest at that, that point. And and you know who the directors are, and it is that that group of people, you know, from the Rolling Stone world, you know, Rolling Stone magazine, who are like, you know. And they're never going to embrace that ilk of of artistry or genres. I So it's, I don't know. I mean, ACDC probably, I don't know, are they in? They've got it. Yeah. Be, right? ACDC? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, like, I mean, some bands, I guess you can ignore, but I would think uh, Judas Priest would be one of them. But I mean, look, it took forever for Kiss to get in, for God's sake. And like and Rush? You would have they you
1: know, would have
0: been Rush. Yeah. Right. Right. I mean, so, yeah. I don't know.
1: Yeah, I, I think, oh, whatever, yeah, this, that's a whole, another a whole other episode. But I will nominate you, Walter, for the Radio Hall of Fame, I appreciate if I can.
0: It. I appreciate it, my man. <laughs> Somebody's got my back, I love
1: that. Um, it's just so weird now, because I remember, and just driving around, I, I like listening to terrestrial radio as a radio nerd uh, when I go to other states, like especially the classic rock stations, and I'm like, Walter, you're saying this guy. I'm like Walter. I'm like he's actually got a great voice, but I'm like, like usually when you listen to a rock station, it's like turbo or you know nitro. I'm I'm like naming American Gladiators, but now I realize it's you, Walter Flakers. Right, no,
0: <laughs> I, yeah. no, it's like look, I mean like it allows me to use my past as anecdotes, and I can draw on something, but I don't I don't dwell on it. I don't hang my hat. I want to be just like you. I want to be just like the listener. And we're all on this ride together, and I've done some cool things that maybe you're interested in, but I'm not going to like pound you over the head with it because I'm thinking I'm better than you, because I'm not. We're all just lovers of music. That's what it's about.
1: I think you're a little better than me, but that's 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 my problem. That's my problem. (laughs) I'm not. I'm not. (laughs) Well, thank you for your time, uh, regardless, Walter. Uh, This was such a pleasure. And, again, I listened to the whole record. It is fantastic. Chasing Ghosts comes out March 18th. You can pre-order it right now. Is there anything, um, like if any updates, just go on your Instagram, Facebook. No, um, we
0: we actually, I think our band camp is probably the best place to, to go. It's, uh, you know, bandcamp.com slash stabbing westward, uh, pre-order the record there. There's going to be gatefold vinyl. So two pieces of vinyl with a, the artwork is amazing. And, uh, Definitely get your hands on the vinyl if you can. It's going to be limited, so I jump on that as soon as you can. Bandcamp, uh, our our website there, bandcamp.com slash stabbing westward. Otherwise, it's going to be everywhere else, too, on Amazon and whatnot. Cool. First, all the streaming services.
1: First LP in 21 years. Just incredible. Yeah. And so that's, that's high school for me. So I'll be, I'll be, I'll be <laughs> glad to hear new stabbing westward since high school. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. But Walter is, uh stabbing westward. Uh, thank you so much. That does it for this episode of Appetite for Distortion. When will you see the next one? In the words of Axel Rose concerning Chinese democracy, you'll see it. I don't know if soon is the word. No! Fuck it! No! Yeah!
0: Thanks to the lame ass security, I'm going home.